This is Jim O'Rear, yes, the perverted Adam Cadabra from Beverly Vane. And you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. <laughs> Actor, director, and yes, he's a Rob Schneider of the horror industry, Jim O'Rear. Jim, how are you? I am good, I am good. I'm not sure how Rob Schneider would answer that question, so I'll just say I'm good. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well I just say that because... Um, you know Rob Schneider, he does movies, he's funny, you know, and, and you have that, of course, your background is comedy, correct? Yes. So, yeah, my background is actually in uh, is musical comedy. Yeah, so it kind of fits. I mean, you don't do musicals, but, uh, you know, you, you, you when they put you in a movie, no matter what movie it is, the part that you play, you bring a little bit extra entertainment to it, if you get what I mean. And, yeah, I you know, and I guess it, it's funny because uh, you know when I I saw I don't know a month or so ago a few weeks back when I had seen online that that uh, you had you had uh, come up with the, the the name for me that I was the Rob Schneider of horror and 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 listening to your explanation of that I I started thinking about it and I go I, I said well I guess I guess I sort of do do that <laughs> without knowing it yeah right. <laughs> Well, you know, and, and there's an actress, her name is Cindy Maples, okay? She's in Indiana. You might heard of her, um, her and Rusty James as her husband. And when I watched uh, Wireface by Christopher Rommel, mm-hmm. now when you see her in that short film, she reminds me of Patty Duke, the voice <laughs> and everything. And, and I call her the, the new Patty Duke. <laughs> so... Certain people. Well, I, I like Rob Schneider, so I'll, I'll take it. So. Well, yeah, I mean, someday you might get the money. You yes. never know in this industry. But uh, when you're old as, as as you and I are, you know, we have to really, you know, take what we can get and move on. Exactly. I won't be able to do this too much longer. So. <laughs> but anyways, the first movie that I want to talk to you about, and I haven't seen it, but uh, I'm going to try and do a, some search. But Hayride Slaughter in 2001. Hayride Slaughter, wow. That's an oldie. <laughs> but uh, it stars you, Tina Krause, Dean Paul, and Debbie D. Uh, do you want to give listeners an idea who hasn't seen this film along with me? You know, like a backstory or your experience with this one. Yeah, um, it's. I, I kind of accidentally got involved in that. Um, the There's a guy... Um, uh, Gary Whitson in New Jersey with uh, Wave uh, Wave Films, and he for a long time did a lot of these low budget horror films. Um, you know, kind of back when the whole VHS horror boom craze was going on. You know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and did really well with it. And he uh, he I guess knew my work. And uh, as well as, as some of my writing, and because uh, I had written, you know, for different magazines, different horror magazines, and, and things like that, and um, and he really liked my writing. So you know, he came up with this idea um, of a story, and basically it was about it's sort of an X Files story. It's these two investigators that um, there's been some mysterious ritualistic deaths at a haunted attraction. And um, they go undercover as a magician and magician's assistant to perform at the haunted attraction so that they can get in there and um, see what's going on, meet everybody and kind of investigate behind the scenes and all that and try and find out who the killer is. 
Um, so that's the, basically the, the, the premise of it. And he thought that my writing style um, would, it was a nice fit for his script. So he contacted me one day and, and said, can I send you this script and maybe you give me some tips or pointers or your opinion on, you know, what, uh, you, know, what you think I should do with it. Um, since I respect your writing and I said well sure go ahead and, and send it so he sent it to me and I read it and I sent him notes back saying well you know I would move this scene to the beginning of the movie and I would move this here and I would change this and I you know put what, what I would do with it and it was maybe a week or so later that uh, he sent me the new script and it had incorporated all the changes and he said he really liked it and he wanted me to play one of the lead roles in it oh. Um, as well as, as take a screenwriting credit. So I said, okay, well, that's cool. You know, so I just kind of accidentally fell into that. Um, and the, um, the, the original script was actually um, pretty good and, and very interesting. The, the problem is, and when you find this movie and you see it, um, when we showed up to film the movie in New Jersey, I was the only actor that had read the script. So, um, basically, the movie, almost the entire movie was ad-libbed. Um, and any scene that I'm in, I am struggling desperately um, throwing out lines and things like that to guide the other actors in a certain direction that the story is written in. Um, so, the end product is not fantastic. Uh, it's but it was a good exercise for me as an actor in, in improvisation. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, actually, let's go ahead and do part two in two thousand three. Yeah, part two. Um, actually, it it, uh, it it never got very far. Um, it's not out. It's not available. Um, I, I wrote, uh, Gary asked me if, if I would be interested in writing a sequel to it, um, and I said, well, yeah, if um, I can bring the characters back that were killed, um, because there were certain characters that I liked that I wanted to have in the sequel, and if he could guarantee me that all of the actors would read the script before we got on set. And um, he said he would, so I wrote a sequel to it, and um, I called up uh, my friend Gunnar Hansen, who was the original Leatherface and the right. original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and sent him a copy of the script. And I said, I got a part in this. It would be really cool if you want to want to do it. And he read it. And he was all all for it and wanted to do it. Um, and uh, we kind of got it set up, written, and good to go. And then I don't know what happened. It just all fell apart. So, <laughs> so it never, and that was you know was going to be sort of the redemption film for the first one. Um, so it, it never came to pass. But you know that's that's kind of the way independent cinema works sometimes. Yep, trust me. There's a lot of films just like that. You know, you you have an interest in, as a reviewer's standpoint. You have an interest in watching it, but it never seems to appear. Yeah. Well, the next one. It stars the lovely Debbie Rashawn and yourself. Directed by, you know, a very, to me, an underrated talent of Donald Farmer. <laughs> I've seen some film of his. You know what I'm talking about, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. But Red Lips Eat the Living in 2005. Now, yes. 
It's a creepy title, a weird title. But you know what? A lot of people, I think, in this world today judge a film by its title. It's true. I mean, I attract myself to movies that have weird titles. Yeah. <laughs> because there's got to be some kind of, there's got to be some gold in there. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, you know, and, and that's part of, uh, you know, I, I do screenwriting seminars and stuff at, at some of these conventions that I appear at. I, I teach people how to write scripts, and, and we get into that about, you know, the way a title of a movie um, depends on what studios are going to buy it and what audience is going to watch it, just the title alone. So, you know, I, I completely get that, that, uh, you know, that you're drawn to a certain a certain title. Um, and... Uh, this one, uh, uh, Red Lips Eat the Living, there, um, there's actually, Donald Farmer put together two films, and they're both called Red Lips. One is called Eat the Living, which uh, is a zombie story, and then there's Red Lips something else, and it's a vampire story. Right. Um, so Eat the Living is, uh, is actually it's a zombie anthology movie, and Debbie Rashan hosts it. Um, or does wraparound segments, um, and it's funny if you if you see the vampire version and the zombie version, the wraparounds are exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the same footage. The wraparounds for the vampire and the zombie one, just all the shorts have been changed. Um, so Donald, I guess, figured out a way to get two movies out of basically the same footage um, by just substituting shorts. But um, I am in. Uh, I'm in one of the the stories, uh, and um, it, it and I love doing it. I, I you know I'm not real big. I'm not a big fan of uh, of short films, um, because or short stories for that. Um, because I'm more of kind of a character guy, and I really like to see characters develop over time. Right. And for me, there's not enough time in a short for me to get fully invested in a character. Um, but this was one of those that I really, um, I really liked. I liked the characters. I liked the direction it went in. Um, and it's basically about these uh, these three survivors uh, after the zombie apocalypse has taken over, and uh, they're just trying to get by. Uh, and what happens to them? So it's sort of a you know a smaller, uh, shorter kind of Night of the Living Dead, where they're you know trying to survive each other. Uh, as well as the monsters that are outside, um, and it's a neat little short character piece uh, with some some blood and guts in it, um, and and that was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was uh, it was shot in uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, in an old factory that was falling down and crumbling, and it's you know got a, a real nice look to it. Um, so it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. I think you know and, and no bias or anything, but but I actually think that's probably the best short on the on that entire anthology. Um, is uh, is that one? It's, I think it's called Dead End. So, so I really like doing that one a lot. Cool. Now, you are very familiar, obviously, with Ted Outerman. Yes. And I am too. I like Ted Outerman. I think he's a good actor. He's a good director, a good writer, along with you. But Vampire Tales in 2005. Now, again, it stars the lovely Debbie Rashawn and yourself, and Debbie D, and of course many other cast members, including Ted Outerman. Yes. Talk to the tell me tell the listeners exactly you know what this film is about. Hey, this is a uh, it's another anthology film. Um, 
based around vampires, and um, there's a certain theme that runs through the shorts, though. They're not, you know, just all disassociated. Um, but there's a there's a certain theme, and I won't get into thematic elements and things like that. Um, but uh, they're they're kind of dark, um, very methodically paced uh, shorts, and um, because they are so dark and heavy. Debbie Rashawn and I, um, we do the wraparound segments and introduce each of the each of the segments, um, but we do a lot of really goofy comedy. Um, she plays uh, the the countess, and I play her servant Flim, and we do a, a lot of silliness in between stuff. So it's it's an opportunity for people to see Debbie Rashawn and myself do comedy, which people don't get to to see that often. Um, and uh, basically, that film came about. Uh, Ted Ted Alderman was uh, was doing um, some other people's films, and these films were never getting released, as you know, kind of the indie market goes. Right. And he was getting real frustrated and saying, you know, God, if if uh, I'm just going to make my own movie, so at least people can see me. Um. So I said, okay, well. You know, if you want to do it, I'll write it. And um, so I wrote all the wraparound segments, uh, and, and I asked, I, I called Debbie and asked if she wanted to do it, and, and uh, she did. So, uh, and, and then Ted collected shorts from some other filmmakers, some uh, vampire shorts that are really good. And we, uh, we shot it in a, a couple of days, and um, he packaged it, and, uh, and we got it released. So, you know, it was... Uh, uh, it, it's a fun little 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 film because just the the mixture of of uh, the, the the goofy humor with the um, the very kind of the very different dark uh, vampire stories that are that are mixed in there, and uh, Ted even does some some goofy stuff in there. He comes in as the uh, at the end uh, <laughs> as uh, Debbie Rashawn's castle cleaner, and does a little bit of uh, comedy as he's cleaning the castle. Uh, on the closing credits, so it's it's fun. It's a fun watch. Well, you speak of Ted Outerman. I started watching the movie yesterday, which I never got a chance to finish it because of you know a phone call with the work schedule thing. But Shriek of the Sasquatch. Yeah, I've I've heard of that. I haven't seen it or anything, but and, uh, I've yeah. heard of that. I think it's like Joe Castro or something did that. No, that was a uh, um. Oh God, no, I'm drawing a blank. But, I can't remember. Uh, but I started watching it last night. It has the, uh, um, uh, Scarlet Harem, which it's um, she goes by two names. Of course, Ted Outerman's in it. Um, but uh, uh, you know, it. See, I like movies like that because you know, obviously it's low budget. You know, but I like that it has that grimy, that grind, grindhouse feel with the, with the film, yeah. and I love that. But speaking of. Uh, Super low budget film that I'm sure a lot of people uh, will turn their nose up at, and or they don't like it because they don't understand filmmaking. You know, on the IMDb page, there's 138 votes. It got a two out of ten, which I can probably see why people would think that way. But Dorm of the Dead in 2006. Now, <laughs> the movie's not fantastic, not at all. But you know, I reviewed it and I enjoyed it. You know, I think I might give it a five or a six. I don't quite remember. But it's a zombie film, and I like zombie films, and I like Tiffany Shepis. You know, I liked it. The, the cast was interesting. You know, cheesy and 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 uh, homey, and uh, it, it, I I think it's entertaining. I mean, it wasn't the best film, obviously, but 
Donald Farmer, as I mentioned earlier, it's is one of his films. And yeah, uh, yeah, ahead. Donald and, and Donald is, is funny because you know he he can make some real gems and he can make some stinkers, um, which you know I guess is for everybody. Uh, you know, you, 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 you good and bad. And Dorm is one of those that it's uh, I mean there, it's definitely for a particular audience. It's not for everybody. Right. Um, it's definitely for a particular audience, and um, I mean he—he he actually, uh, you know, he—he he was fighting some big odds even making that because uh, parts were filmed in California, parts were filmed in Tennessee. Um, there are a lot of scenes in the movie where there are two characters talking to each other, and he filmed one side of the conversation in California and the other side of the conversation in Tennessee um, because the actors were in two different locations and cut them together um, so there was a lot of work that involved in, in him him doing that and um, and yeah the movie um, you know as many bad reviews as it's got out there on IMDb and stuff like that um, it has it definitely has an audience I, you know I, there's not a single convention that that goes by that I've appeared at that you know a couple people don't come up and say oh you're in Dorm of the Dead uh, <laughs> yeah right 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 uh, so you know, a lot of people watch it. A lot of people love it. Um, I mean, it's. I think it's been on cable in some areas. It's been in different stores and stuff. So it got out there. So you know, uh, love it or hate it, uh, he got the film into the marketplace, which is you know, an independent filmmaker's goal. Right. Well, the next film you sent me a while ago, um, The Deepening, in 2006. Now, of course, yeah. it's directed by you and Ted Outerman. That's how I got my first taste of Ted Outerman. Now, <laughs> this movie I thought was clever. I mean, you had Gunnar Hansen, you mentioned him earlier, uh, Leatherface from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Debbie Rashawn, of course, and Debbie D again, mm-hmm. and, uh, of course, yourself. And uh, I like this film. Uh, I reviewed it, and the funny part about it is I reviewed it, and I think maybe six months later, I can't remember who it was, but somebody... Realize, no, no, I'm wrong. That's, that's the other film. I'll back that up. But Lene Landry was in this film as well. And of course, she's in the film that we talked about earlier, The right. Shriek of the Sasquatch, that mm-hmm. she's in that one there. But go ahead and give this as an idea about the deepening. Um, I liked it a lot. Thank, thanks. The, the deepening is um, it's uh, a movie. The basic premise is that uh, there was a fireman who was involved in the cleanup in New York after 9-11 and has suffered post-traumatic stress disorder and he can't handle it so he has uh, asked to be transferred to a small little backwoods country town um, to get away from the craziness and to get treatment and to work for this little small town fire department where not a whole lot happens and uh, he gets transferred there and as soon as he gets transferred there uh, people start dying all around him and, uh, you know, getting murdered in, in different ways. And um, it becomes a mystery from that point on as, as to, is he the one doing it? Is he crazy and doesn't remember? Is it somebody setting him up? Is it a friend? Is it, you know, what actually is going on? So it's kind of a horror whodunit made in the 70s drive-in type style. I think, right. I think one of the reviews of the film, uh, one of the reviewers even said that if that movie had been made in the 70s, it would be a drive-in classic today. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it... I, I wrote it. Ted, Ted came up with the idea. Basically, he called me one day and he said, uh, "He said, has anybody done a killer fireman movie?" 
And I said, you know what? Nobody has. You know, there's been dentists and cops and doctors right. and all that kind of stuff, but there's not been a killer fireman movie. And he goes, let's do a killer fireman movie. So I said, okay, well, we've got to do it, you know, 70s grindhouse drive-in style. So it has every cliche in there, you know, the young campers that get murdered at the campsite. It's got this, the girl in the shower that gets killed. It's got, you know, yeah. all the typical cliches of that time. And, uh, you know, we shot it and kind of grained up the footage and made it ugly. And, and um and and that's what the way it plays. And uh, you know, again, I was lucky to get Gunnar Hansen and Debbie Rashawn and people I worked for to uh, join in and have some fun. And um, and Gunnar was really funny because uh, because he read the script and he goes, "Yeah, this is a this is a cheesy, low budget movie, but it's like um, the." a 10 on the scale of cheesy driving <laughs> movies yeah. so uh so it was a lot of fun and and uh, we've had you know a lot of a lot of response from that movie it's uh again that's another one that i'll be doing convention appearances and there's always people coming up that have seen um the deepening and, and i guess it helps too you know it's it streams on netflix all the time right. so people can watch it at any time in their computer their phones whatever so yeah i like the, you know, i like the film a lot you know i it just, you know, I like your character in there, and and Debbie Rashawn and you had a strange relationship in that film, but it's a, it's, a, it's an entertaining film. I mean, I, to me, that's one of Debbie Rashawn's best films that I've seen as far as the later years. I mean, I'm not saying our movies are bad, but I like her in that film. I, I do too. I'm I, you know I'm glad you said that because I've always thought, and and not many people have have mentioned a couple of people have. I've always thought that that's even though. It's it's a very small role in the film. Right. I've always thought it's one of Debbie's best performances of anything she's ever done because she does so much with her eyes in that yeah. movie. She says so much with her eyes. Um, you know, you can see the pain and stuff going on in her head over this tortured relationship that she's had, and um, and I I think she's she's brilliant in it. Um, and and it's funny that you mentioned that you liked uh, you know you liked my character as well because when when I wrote the movie I I wrote my character to be played by Ted and I was going to play Ted's character and um, and I, I won't I won't say too much as to why that got reversed but um, Ted Ted wanted to play something he's he's never played before he wanted to play against type um so that's why we that's why we reversed the roles uh and if people haven't seen the movie when you see the movie that'll make sense right but uh but yeah it was uh, originally um my character was supposed to be played by ted okay <laughs> you know again you know listeners uh if you hear this uh you know it's, it's if you got netflix or whatever definitely check it out because Jim O'Rear was different in this film, and I, he made his character very interesting. That's where the Rob Schneider thing started coming. <laughs> because I can see Rob Schneider playing a role like that. Yeah, I could too. <laughs> <laughs> but the next film, uh, Torture Room in 2007, you directed yeah. it. Uh, Michael Turner and yourself wrote it, and it stars Brooke Bailey and yourself, and you know, uh, Nikki Stressel and Lee Ver Vernort. Ververt. Vervort. Vervort. I can't yeah, say it. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> da, 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 da. Tongue-tied. Lee now, Vervort. this there is a torture porn horror film, correct? 
It is a torture porn horror film, and um, and, and uh, here's here's another one of those uh, independent uh, film stories to where the producer of the film never released it. Um, it's uh, it's got some, re- and I wish you would too, because it's got some really gruesome stuff in it. Um, the uh, Michael Turner uh, wrote a draft. Um, gave it to me. I wrote a polish of the draft, um, changed a few things here and there, and he'd asked me to direct. And uh, and I took the directing job. And um, there's some very very brutal stuff in it. And I mean, so brutal to the point that when we were filming it, there were crew members there that you know were holding boom mics and lighting uh, techs and stuff like that that were on set that were getting sick and vomiting um, during some of the scenes because they were so intense and gross. And although, I mean, although they were seeing, they knew how the special effects were working, and they were seeing, you know, they they knew it's all fake. They they saw how everything was done, um, but still just standing there and watching it, they, they were physically getting ill. So I know... If that would come out, how that would translate on screen, um, it would make some some people very very um, upset, I believe. So I you know I wish you would have put it out. I don't know why uh, why you didn't follow through on it, but um, but there is a film out there uh, available now. I think on Amazon it's called Torture Room, and it lists me as a director and all, all our same cast and everything, but it's not ours. So if you're if you're looking for a film that I, that I directed called Torture Room, the one that's out there that says I directed it is not it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, that's weird. But you know what? You sent me this next film. As you know, I'm a big zombie film, a zombie fan. Okay, it's called Scream Farm in 2008. Now, obviously, <laughs> this was a super low budget film. Right. But, 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 but. I love these styles of films. I love the idea of watching this and see, you know, what you had to use to make it. And uh, this is a a typical zombie film, and I love this film. Uh, has this thing ever gotten a a release release on a on a on a distributor? Yeah, it has, but but a very small one, um, okay. very very small one. Um, it's out there, and you can still get it through uh, through Amazon. Um, I know. But uh, it's yeah, very very small release. The um, the company that was handling it um, just before, uh, just as they were getting it out, and it was going to go into wide release, the owner of the company got put in jail for fraud. So <laughs> yay, yeah. So that's why it didn't uh, it didn't make it into wider release. It just got a, a limited release. Um, but it's still out there and available, and I actually, um, believe it or not, I got a call a couple of days ago from uh, another uh, person in, in Los Angeles that said, I saw Scream Farm. Is it available? I want to try and get it into the wider market nice. um, because they really loved it. Uh, so it it may come out uh, you know, into a wider release very, very soon maybe. Uh, especially now that zombies are hot again. But you know, like you, I'm I'm a zombie fan. Um, the movie that interested me in horror to begin with was the original Night of the Living Dead. Yep. Um, that sparked my interest in the genre. Uh, so I, I 
I wanted to, to, to do a, my own zombie film. You know, I had acted in several, but I wanted to, to write one and, and do something a little bit different with the zombies and them not be typical. And, you know, and this was, this was really before a lot of the films that are doing different things with zombies now are doing. I mean, we, we had zombies that use weapons, that run, that, you know, do a variety of things. Um, they they use martial arts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, I, I said I just I want a fun little zombie movie that you don't have to think about. You can just sit there, sit back, have a good time, get drunk with your buddies and watch it and laugh. Um, and 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 that's kind of what we did. We just had fun with it. And luckily, most of the people that watch it uh, watch it and go, you know, that was just a riot. Which is what exactly what we wanted. We didn't want to make a, a, a fantastic high budget zombie thing with you know all this subtext and everything. No, we just wanted to have fun. So uh, you know, I, I kind of came up with the basic premise that that what happened? Uh, what if there was this experimental drug that was on the uh, on the drug market and there were gangsters uh, running this experimental drug and some of it gets stolen and hidden inside. A haunted house at Halloween that, that kids are building, yep. and the kids find it and start smoking it, and it turns them into zombies. Yep. Um, and just about the time the zombie apocalypse begins, the gangsters uh, come down at, to this haunted house looking for their drugs, and now you've got you know gangsters against kids against zombies, and you know now we're set up into kind of the Night of the Living Dead uh, farmhouse type of situation again where. You know, the humans fighting each other are really worse than the monsters that are outside. Um, and uh, it, was, it was just a, a different, fun little little experiment, and uh, you know, I'm real happy with it. It's, it is cheap and cheesy and low budget, but it's just it's just a lot of fun. Yep, and it's one of my favorites uh, of the zombie Thank genre. Thank now, you. Yeah, no problem. The next film, I think, is Donald Farmer's best one. This one I came across by absolute accident. <laughs> It's called Chainsaw Cheerleaders in 2008. Yeah, um, I think it probably is um, technically his his best horror film. Um, he's done some 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 films outside the genre, you know, some Civil War stuff and all that that are probably you know technically more proficient. But as far as the horror genre goes, um, I, I, I have to agree with that. Um, it's a uh, it's a fun fun little film about uh, a demon and some cheerleaders and uh, demon possession and uh, <laughs> and and again I got to work with Debbie Rashawn in it we get paired up with each other quite a bit um, and Tiffany Sheppish is in it and it's uh, it's uh, again I think it's just another sit back and have fun movie. Yep, I like this one. I mean. Tiffany Shep has played a, a, a very interesting character in this film. It's probably one of her best that I've seen besides the Frankenstein film that she did most recently. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's one of those films where I say, you know, i got to check this out. I mean, come on, cheerleaders? <laughs> you got to see anything that's called Chainsaw Cheerleaders. Yes. It's a must. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next film you sent me as well, and it stars you, you, uh, the big guy, Kane Hodder, played your brother. Now, yeah. And Stacey Dixon played your sister, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. And this film, I knew nothing about. I absolutely loved it. The Kane Hodder and the Jim Marier 
chemistry in this movie was completely crazy. You have a big ass brother like Kane, and you have little you. I mean, it's like, oh my god, he's like a giant compared to you. But that's, I think, what really kept this movie on an even kelter. If you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have mentioned that that uh, you know when the brothers are on screen, that's that's what really drew them in. Um, is they loved watching the brothers, um, and it was a lot of fun. It was a blast. Uh, ben Dixon directed that movie and wrote it with a guy named Gene Hadley, and um, I've been in I've been in every one of Ben Dixon's films. He's done got I don't know probably five or six and um, and this is probably his best uh, technically yeah and uh, it's just uh, it's kind of a it, it's sort of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre House of a Thousand Corpses sort of family film about a family that runs a mortuary and kills people and robs them of their jewels and stuff for, for one thing to, to get cash and then uh, also milks the family members for the funeral costs so they're getting paid twice off the dead bodies <laughs> Yeah. And uh, and it's about the sister who just wants to be normal and escape, and they're not willing to let her escape. Yep. So um, it's a it's a neat little kind of twisted little tale. And Trisha Cast is in this also, who is an Emmy Award winner. Um, she's on I think The Young and the Restless. She's been on that for years, and she's been on several uh, 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 commercial uh, television series. Um, and she plays her mom. And she just cracks me up. I yep. think she's fantastic in the film. Yep. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun. That one again is is uh, uh, available limitedly. Um, but they're finishing up. They're they're finally now finishing up all the DVD extras, the behind the scenes, and the music video and stuff like that uh, for the wide release. So I'm hoping that sometime this year uh, the wide release will will come out uh, with all the extras. That's excellent. Now the next film. Um Hell House in 2009. I have not seen this. Directed by Jason Crow and Ronnie Jonah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what can you say about this one? Okay, well, this one is another one of those that you're not the only one that hasn't seen it. No one has. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I don't know the whole story be, behind it as to what happened. Um, but it's basically, it's another haunted house story. It takes place at the haunted attraction. Um, and... It was filmed at Industrial Nightmare in uh, Jeffersonville, Indiana, which is a huge uh, haunted house set up in an old factory with, like, millions of dollars worth of props. Um, so it's a neat set and a neat look, a neat location, and uh, it's kind of, it, it's about, you know, the, it's sort of like the old typical uh, what happens if a real killer gets loose in a haunted attraction and starts killing people, and you don't know, he's a, you know, you just think he's an actor in the haunted house. And that's that's kind of what happens in it, um, and uh, it's it's a neat premise. Uh, I don't know what happened. They, they 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 filmed it. They completed it, and then uh, they decided that they wanted to reshoot it. So they reshot it <laughs> <laughs> with a different camera. So basically, they filmed the movie twice, and. Um, and that's where it sits. So I don't know if they're planning on releasing it, if they're finishing it, or, or what. Uh, but it's got uh, Al Snow in it, who, the WWF wrestler Al Snow, yeah. um, who's a, a trip. 
Um, and uh, Daniel Emery Taylor is in it from Return of the Swamp Thing and Road Trip. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, you know it's got some some pretty neat people in it, and it was a blast to to make because I love haunted attractions and and you know just getting to work inside Industrial Nightmare was cool. Um, but uh, you know keep our fingers crossed. You know put put uh, pressure on Jason Crow to put the film out. <laughs> <laughs> I sure will. Yeah, I got the power. The next film I got sent to me. And I have not yet to watch it, but I definitely will. It's called The Dead Matter in 2010. Uh, Edward Douglas, yeah. Edward Douglas contacted me. Hey, do you want a copy? He said, sure. Not knowing that it weighs like 10 pounds when I got it. <laughs> it does. Because <laughs> <laughs> it has a two disc, and I think one is the movie and the other one is the music. But I will get this thing watched. I'm behind. But go ahead and give an idea about this film. Yeah, watch that movie. It's very, very cool. Um, it was Ed Douglas' first movie, and, and um, Ed Douglas is one of the brains behind Midnight Syndicate. Midnight Syndicate has a huge fan base. They do a, a, a lot of spooky music. They've scored a lot of horror films, um, and they provide uh, most of the music for the major haunted attractions, like at Universal Studios and things like that. Um, they're, they're, Ed and, and Gavin, they're, they're brilliant in, in their, their music and, and what they do. Um, and Ed had been wanting to make a film. He made a little, uh, a, a little short version of The Dead Matter years and years and years ago with some buddies, uh, just as a fun experiment. And then, uh, he decided that he wanted to make a full-length regular feature out of it and got hooked up with, uh, with Bob Kurtzman, who was from the KMB FX group. Um, who you know also wrote from dusk till dawn and uh, you know just just worked on like everything right. uh, and um, uh, they got a budget together and and cast Andrew Devoff who's the Wishmaster and uh, Tom Savini um, so it's got some 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 uh, some good cast uh, members good genre names and, and basically the story is um, there's an old mystical relic. Uh, that a girl finds and her brother has just died and she's torn up about it and she finds this mystical relic and, and she's been told that this relic can bring the dead back to life um, so she decides that she wants to use it to to bring her, her brother back from the dead well little does she know that there's a uh, a race of vampires that are also looking for the relic because they're what they want to do with it is use it to raise an army of the dead and use the zombies to sort of take over um, among other things there's there's a there's a couple other twists in there that I'm not going to mention because um, it'll ruin the surprise but uh, I play a, uh, a vampire who who used to be in charge of, of all the vampires and then he got hooked on this synthetic drug and Tom Savini uh, comes in, who's a vampire also, and he sort of takes over this mob of of vampires and gets me strung so far out on these these drugs that I'm now pretty much his slave, and he uses me to do his dirty work in exchange for drugs. Well, Andrew Devoff is the master vampire, and he's going to wipe out anybody he has to to get this magic relic, and Savini sends me out on the task of tracking this uh, master vampire and trying to stop him. Um, so that's sort of the idea behind the story. Um, there's a lot more to it, 
Um, but it's very, very unusual. It's a very different story. Um, it's got a, a definite, definite sense of, of dark humor that runs through it. Um, and just a, a whole lot of fun. Great cast. And I think it's one of Tom Savini's best performances ever. Oh, wow. He's great in it. He's so good in it. Excellent. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. Um, but the next film, I did an interview with you and the cast members last week. And, uh, I'm just going to touch on this briefly in case, you know, people didn't hear the interview or, or whatever. But Beverly Lane in 2010. We all Beverly know. Lane, yes. <laughs> that bunch of assholes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, directed by the biggest asshole. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Joshua <laughs> Hall. He'll kill me. Here's that. <laughs> but i got to run down some of these cast members that um, that I think are very funny. Um, of course, we have... The boy in the group, Noah East. Remember that? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Andy. And we have the asshole Raymond Kester. That's Terry. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> Eric T. Schroeder as Rick Ashley. Um, I think he was drunk and it was supposed to be Ashley. <laughs> you have the elder clown, David Ross, who I think is such a gentleman, all seriousness. Um, and then we have... Oh God, Morgan Shepard as gay. Now, poor Morgan. Now, you don't, I might have mentioned this, but in the interview, I had to call people, right? So, uh, he didn't answer. So he calls back and goes, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> I said, it's gruesome. It's supposed to be an interview. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was so comical. But then when the interview started, we started doing the interview and we were talking, all of a sudden, he was gone. We had no idea poor guy was going. Oh, well. It was like that on set, too. Where'd Morgan go? <laughs> and then we have that that uh, that smart-ass mime, yes. Matt Rich. <laughs> Matt Rich. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just, those guys, that was that was one of my, I mentioned it on Facebook. I said that was one, probably one of my most favorite interviews that I've ever done with a big group like that. <laughs> Uh, I think it was who was it that said yes it's eight guys and Noah I can't exactly, remember exactly yeah I can't remember who said that but that was either either Josh or Matt probably yes I can't remember but I know people heard the interview because it's been getting a lot of hits and the ones who didn't uh, and even the ones who didn't see Beverly Lane go ahead and give listeners your perspective of how you got involved in that and and you know the, the experience that you had with that yeah, Beverly Lane is a it's a great film. Uh, when I first heard about it, um, the the title alone we were talking about titles. The title alone sort of attracted me to it. And I went, Beverly Lane, that's a great title. I wonder what that's about. Um, and I heard that it was this. It's a it was a zombie comedy, um, which is like um, Shaun of the Dead meets The Office, basically, and that. It featured this cast of oddball characters, a bunch of clowns, a magician, a mime, a barbershop quartet. Um, and they're having like this, their boss is retiring, so they're having a Coney Island-themed going-away party uh, with all these different characters. And that's when the zombie, the zombie apocalypse breaks out. And all of these oddball people are trapped in the office together. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, you've got 
clowns that are secretly, you know, mafia hitmen, and the magician is perverted and is trying to get with all the girls, and it's, you know, it's just this mess. And um, I, I I got involved because I had heard about it, and uh, Jim Doherty, who I guess you interviewed last night or night before, um, I had worked with Jim on a couple of things, and... and and I said, Jim, what is this? What is this thing? You know, this Beverly Lane. I'm interested in this. He says, He said, Well, let me have the director contact you. So he mentioned me to the director, and he wanted me on board, and he sent me a script. And I said, I got to do this. So um, I was the last, the last cast member put with that cast, and um, and I'm so glad that it worked out, and because the 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 cast of, of actors in it. We're all incredible. I mean, there's a ton of other people in the cast that yep. you know didn't get mentioned. You know, um, Angel Steelbowers and, and uh, James Copeland, and I mean, just a, a, a ton of people. Um, and they were all fantastic. DJ DJ Mincy was a trip. Uh, Martin Nash. Um, but it, it was it was one of these casts that it, a lot of them were had theater training, so. They knew the script. They could do entire scenes all the way through without breaking, which is rare on a film. Normally, you shoot a film and you do, you know, a couple lines at a time, and you cut. Um, we were able to do pages at a time, and um, and they were used to to improvisation. So, you know, and Josh, as the director, gave us the freedom to 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 do pretty much whatever we wanted within you know the the script settings. So. It was uh, it, it was a really great experience, and, and I love all those all those people um, that worked on it, cast, crew, directors, everything. Um, and I think uh, for a, a first film, it was Josh's first film to direct. Uh, I, I think it's incredibly well done. Yes, and I do want to apologize. Um, the rest of the cast did a great job as well. I didn't mean not to mention them. I just referring to the interview. All due respect, you guys were all fantastic in that film. Yeah, yeah. There's not a there's not a single weak link in that film. I don't think. There, well, there, every, everybody everybody pulls their own weight, and everybody worked together uh, with each other just superbly. Yep, I agree. And it's one of my favorites. Like I said before, now the next film, which um, have not seen, uh, you're going to send it to me, so I'm kind of anxious to see. Underground Entertainment, the movie in 2010. <laughs> yeah, I got to send this one to you. Um, this is a uh, a mockumentary. It's sort of in the style of Spinal Tap and the Ruddles, except it is actually based on a real thing, um, where Spinal Tap was a documentary, a fake documentary about a fake band. Uh, this is a pseudo-fake <laughs> documentary about a real show that uh, that uh, a group was worked on 20 years ago. This is the 20th anniversary of the show. And um, it sort of uh, is a behind-the-scenes look uh, at that show and kind of chronicles the, the, the making of the show and, and how it came about and, and how basically... Um, Everything that we have in the world today uh, is because of our show. So <laughs> that's that's the uh, that's the comedy part of it. And and like it, it's it's a, it's a mockumentary, so there's a lot of silliness in it, um, a lot of fun. But it it boasts a um, 
a huge cast of genre stars. It's got uh, Robert England, who was Freddy Krueger, um, Daniel Harris is in it, Tony Todd, William Forsythe, Tom Savini, Ernie Hudson, Serena Vincent, uh, Billy Drago. Um, gosh, the list goes on and on and on. Um, Taylor Compton, Chris Christopherson, Mel Tillis, Debbie Rashawn, Ron Jeremy, Daniel there you go. Taylor, Lloyd Kaufman, <laughs> Scott Guider, Judith Athea. No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a huge, huge genre cast. And, um, and all the, you know, all the people involved really got it. They understood the concept of the film where we were taking, taking ourselves much more seriously than we really should have. Um, and they do the same thing. And they all, you know, talk about how this show influenced their lives and their careers, and you know. Um, but it's uh, it's just a really silly look at this show that we did for Warner Brothers 20 years ago. And and the show was uh, genre based, really. It, I mean, it was a show that was it, it's it's been called a cross between Entertainment Tonight and Saturday Night Live. Wow. Um, and it covered comic books and horror and music and comic book conventions and, and things like that and um, it's uh, it's a look it's just a look back at that in, in a real silly silly light and um, you know luckily people have really got it and understood it and had a lot of fun with it and um, it's it's screening really well right now so excellent well the next movie I want to see in a worse way is called Postmortem America 2021 and 2011. Yes. Um, Postmortem is a uh, it's a film done by Cameron Scott and it's his first movie as well and he's done a fantastic job. He wanted to do a zombie movie basically a zombie movie if Quentin Tarantino was to make one. So it's got a grindhouse style, a grindhouse feel uh, lots of fast cars, hot women, violence. Um, you know, just like Tarantino would make a zombie film. <laughs> uh, and uh, he shot it all in black and white, also, so it gives it a real retroish uh, feel. And it's uh, it's criminals and zombies, and uh, you know, it's a film that focuses on the criminals, like like many of Tarantino's films do. And I play. Uh, I play Severin, the main baddie, and, and my partner is Monique Dupree, uh, who's uh, a, she's fantastic in it, um, and Linnea Quigley is in it. Linnea Quigley plays my ex-girlfriend, who I thought I killed, but I didn't, and she's coming back for revenge, and she's picking off my gang one by one until she gets to me. At at the same time, the revenge story is going on. The zombie apocalypse breaks out. So, <laughs> so now you've got this uh, this war between uh, uh, gangsters and, and you know this this woman trying to to pick them off one by one, uh, while at the same time dealing with uh, dealing with zombies. So it's again, it's a weird, it's another weird sort of mixture. It's sort of a gangster western horror film kind of all combined. And um, the uh, and and he decided to do something different with it, and instead of release it as a single film, he's releasing it in chapters, like a serial. Oh wow! 
So uh, the first chapter came out, uh, I don't know, about six months ago or so, and I think he's getting ready to release the second chapter now. So the first chapter, chapter kind of introduces you to the characters and the situation, and then I hear that uh, the second chapter, I haven't seen it yet, I hear that the second chapter is when all hell starts breaking loose. Oh, wow. Interesting. See, it's a neat, neat little film. You don't have to, have to, to, to get uh, a couple chapters of it and, and check it out. You'll, it's got zombies in it, so you'll like it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, the next movie... I did an interview promoting it. It's Three Tears on Bloodstained Flesh in 2012. Yeah. Now it stars yourself, of course. I got to hate to say this wrong. I think it's Jim Doherty, or Dogerty. I can't remember how he pronounces it. I say Jim Doherty, and he's never slapped me yet. <laughs> <laughs> Angela Steele and Scott Gagnon, um, of course, uh, you know, Sonny Burnett and Mark A. Nash, Eric T. Schroeder. You know, Rusty James, which, you know, we know who he is. But, uh, um, you know, give your experiences. I mean, I mean, what, how did you, I mean, I know he told me, but in your own words, how did you come about being in this film? Yeah, it was kind of a, almost sort of a, a Beverly Lane situation again. Um, uh, I guess he, he knew of me from some different films and stuff like that. And, and I had heard of this film, and again, the title caught my, my eye um, and I said well that's, that's a cool title and again you know, Jim, Jim Doherty was working on it and like, like Beverly I contacted Jim and I said tell me about this movie it sounds kind of cool and uh, then he told me about it and it's uh, I don't know the I don't know the whole story I, I was you know I'm a, a supporting character in it I just shot on it for one day um, but uh, it uh, you know he kind of gave me a, a basic idea of what was going on and and uh, he said, "Well, let me see if uh, if Jacob is, you know, would be interested in having you on." And Jacob had seen Beverly Lane and some other stuff that I had done, um, and said, "And said I got a couple roles that you know, you'd be perfect for." <laughs> and and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, he sent me three or four, and I said, "Well, you pick. It's your film. You know, it's your film. It's your vision. Uh, tell me what you want me to do." And he said, "You're going to be the the skanky sleazy." A scumbag, uh, mean strip club owner, and I went, "That's me. I'm in." <laughs> <laughs> um, so I get to go on there and and uh, be rude to to strippers and and crude and mean and 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 again, like in Beverly, uh, he knew how much ad living and stuff I did in Beverly. Um, he sort of gave me a rough script, and he said, "Basically, you you just do what you do." And <laughs> so, so that's what I did, and uh, and it was a blast, and, and I I, uh, I really like Jacob a lot. I, I think uh, I think people are going to be really pleased with the film when it comes out, and I think you're going to have a, a lot of fun with it. And it's one of those films where it's just like everybody dies. It's just a bloodbath. Oh wow! <laughs> you know, I am anxious to see that myself. I mean, it's funny how I came across him. You remember PJ, uh, PJ Starks, who. Uh, sent me a message on Facebook and said, hey, you know, would you be interested? I said, sure. And then, of course, PJ sent me his film that I reviewed last week, Hallow's Eve, which that's another film that I thought was a fun film to watch, A Haunted House, a Killer in a Haunted House. That was a fun film, too. Yeah. You know. But uh, now, is there anything else you want to talk about that uh, we I did not mention? 
Um, gosh, I don't know. I mean, there's there's tons. Uh, we've probably gone <laughs> way long, but <laughs> um, I don't, I've got you know I've got a few things coming up. Uh, a few things that are, are are have just come out or are about to come out. Um, like I said, watch for Underground. Underground Entertainment is is playing uh, at a lot of the. Uh, it's playing on the convention circuit right now. Actually, I think the next time it plays will be at uh, the Dead Winter Convention in London, Kentucky, in mid-February, um, and uh, that'll be a fun show. Uh, so, if anybody is in the London, Kentucky area in a few weeks, um, they should come by Dead Winter Horror Convention and meet me and Tony Todd will be there, and Ari Lehman and Daniel Taylor, and uh, we're having a screening of the movie there. Um, and for anybody that likes uh, audio dramas, um, we've done a few audio dramas. A Christmas Carol just came out on CD with a fantastic cast. Daniel Roebuck from Glee and The Fugitive is in it. John Delancey from Star Trek. Reggie Bannister. Um, Kyle Hebert. Mary McGlynn. Um, and uh, Danny Roebuck is fantastic as Scrooge. Um, he's just fantastic. Wow. Uh, and uh, you know he's a joy to listen to, and all the money for those go go to charity. So, uh, and you can find links for this stuff on my on my website. We did another one with Kevin Sorbo and uh, John Billingsley. Uh, I have that one. You have that one. Follow the House of Usher. Yes, I have that. Yeah, one. that was uh, you know another one we did for charity. And we've got another one coming out later this year, uh, uh, Sleepy Hollow. So, uh, you know, if anybody wants to pick those up, they they go to the money goes to help kids. Um, so, uh, and you can find that on my website. Just go to my website, which is jimorear.com, and it lists a lot of my upcoming appearances that I'm making, um, as well as films that I'm working on. Um, I've been doing a Stephen King film called The Boogeyman next month. Wow. Uh, I'm doing, uh, uh, a film called Retribution, um, in, uh, in April. Uh, I'm doing an animated series for a guy in May, uh, about Hitman. So uh, a lot of a lot of stuff coming up, but uh, you can find all that with, with links to everything on my website, and um, and that's also got a link to my Facebook page, and Facebook page is where I can I can be silly. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so if you want to see a little bit more silly side, uh, you know you can go there too. Well, great. I, mean, I want to thank you very much for coming on. We tried two times before and uh, didn't quite work out, but now we finally got it done. Yeah, exactly. You're a, br- you're a brilliant actor. I don't care what anybody says. I like <laughs> I like your work. You know. Thank and, you. And uh, you know, I anything that you're in that I can get it my hands on, I definitely go out and buy it because you know, it's just it's just me. I enjoy the comedy aspect of your filming of your films and the horror parts of your in. And it's just all around a great entertainer. And I really appreciate you taking time for coming on tonight. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the compliments, and I appreciate you having me on. No problem. You take care of yourself. It's coming. It's scary. It's loud! It's unusual. (laughs) Hello, world. This is Underground Entertainment. In Brian's arrest, I mean, 
Were you profiling Brian because he's a white guy? No, no, getting in that building is not an option. Jesus Christ! Run, run! So guys, let's talk about Spanky the Monkey. That was a sleeper hole. Oh! So I had to go rub one out in the men's room. Are you going to address the rumors that you are Jim O'Rear's father? So, uh, what can you tell us about the underground entertainment death curse? Son of a bitch, man! Don't talk about that! I thought I told you, don't talk about that shit! Not here! Not now! I'm afraid to even be in this film. If you know what's good for you, watch underground entertainment. Our ruling is that there is no such thing as rape. <laughs> we'll be a minute. There is only gorilla sex. Gorilla sex. <laughs> you said I'm nasty. Underground Entertainment in Florida. It's your best movie value. And that was Underground Entertainment. Thanks, guys. No, no comment, can you just, I'm sorry, can you just... Oh my. Thank you, Jim and Brian. Thank you. Right now, I'm so excited, there is parts of my body that are pulling up inside me. Underground entertainment. If you cannot fold your genitalia into origami, yeah, f*** you. <laughs> I feel dirty. Don't fucking come back. I spit on the lens. I'm you sorry. You need to choke a lot of no. spit shit. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Thank you so much. Don't with the rainbow. <laughs> Get up. Underground entertainment. If you don't watch Underground Entertainment, the movie, you are a f***ing Underground Entertainment. It's the incredible story of a little teeny tiny TV show. That influenced everything in. And changed the world. <laughs> if you don't, you're a f***ing <laughs> <laughs>